Please listen carefully. And now, live from an alternate dimension, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast. Featuring two guys whose words aren't synced up with their mouths, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. It is time for another assumption, because I don't know about you, Mikey, but I go to the movies during the holiday season. That's it. It's when you catch up. Got, yeah. Got some time off. You got some time off. You're with the family. You're like, what are we going to do? Sometimes people come and visit. You're like, what are we going to do? I don't really want to talk to them. Maybe if I'm in a theater for a couple hours, and it's nice, you know, we'll say we spend time together. That's it. And I get snacks. So Yeah. Snacks. Yeah. It gives you a good excuse. You're eating bad during the holidays anyway. That's it. You might as well get that buttered popcorn and the... Nah, popcorn's the healthy choice at that um, point. Yeah. <laughs> What do you go for, Mikey? I know you're a Sour Patch Kid guy, generally. Yeah, yeah like, I, I I used to do popcorn, but worked at a movie theater, so yeah. can't do popcorn anymore, because that smell is embedded in my brain. But yeah, I like something I can just munch on and chew on. You like gummies, right? Yeah, don't eat a whole bunch of, because yeah. if I get popcorn, I'll eat that whole bucket. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, I got popcorn belly. I know. Popcorn belly. It's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Uh, some, sounds like, is that an album name? Yeah. Probably. Popcorn belly. Or a 1920s disease. Mm. Oh, he's got a case of the popcorn belly. Quick. Right. <laughs> Get him to the morgue. He's not going to make it. Uh, I'm a Twizzler guy myself. There you go. It's the only place I feel comfortable eating Twizzlers, too. I get it. Like, Twizzlers outside of a theater just seem incorrect to me. Yeah, it's, that doesn't seem socially appropriate. Yeah, I don't know why. Other if, kinds of licorice I can do. There you go. If you're at the movie theater and they have both Red Vines and Twizzlers, which one are you going Twizzlers. for? Twizzlers. Okay. I just mean, making sure you weren't like a Red a Red Vines diehards. I know they exist. No, I think that I don't remember Red Vines being around growing up. I don't know where they come from initially. I only know of them because of Wayne's World. So. Yeah, I think they might be a Midwest thing. That might make sense. Because yeah. I don't remember them until I moved away from the northeastern area. Yeah. They might have been there, but I don't remember. And like being diehard about licorice does seem slightly mis- Midwestern to me. Yeah. And technically, neither Red Vines or the Red Twizzlers are licorice because licorice has a niece. Yes. Yes. Licorice is a flavor in itself. Sorry, from anus. The, no, anise. <laughs> from, the, from the licorice root. There you go. Uh, but we're not here to talk about push candy. Push up my glasses. We're here to talk about eye candy. Yeah. There's this new Godzilla movie out, and it was like this tiny little movie made by Toho, the studio that started it all. Mm-hmm. And it started getting this buzz about it. Like, it kind of didn't come out to much fanfare. Not really. And But then all of a sudden, you just start hearing the buzz. That's it. This Godzilla movie is actually really good. Like, really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody likes this Godzilla movie. And you're like, really? A Godzilla movie? I don't know if you were that way. I was that way. Hey, we were on the ground floor on Nerd Alerts. We were like, it's oh, true. did you see the trailer? It looks cool. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um. But we were the outliers, for yes. sure. We were the outliers. I didn't hear much about it. And like we said, the holidays are a good time to get caught up. So let's go see this Godzilla movie. 
well, with a big group of people. There you go. And it was, it's subtitled. Uh, so if you are a person who's not into subtitles, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because we, we talk about anime way too much. <laughs> and a true. lot of that is subtitled. Though there are great dubbers out there and many of them are our, are our friends, but mm-hmm. we've always said watch it both ways. Yeah, yeah. So you should see it both ways. But I, there's not a dub of this that I know of. Not that I saw. I bet you there will be. Oh, probably. Now that it's made so much the the- money. Yeah, the theatrical re-release for the yeah. dub. Yeah. Uh, I know that they're releasing a Godzilla minus color. They're releasing a black and white one in Japan. Ooh, I'd be a sucker for that. Yeah, it's coming out soon, I think. It was a big hit in Japan as well. Got you. Yeah, I watched. I, I I did that for the black and white version of Mad Max Fury Road. I'm a sucker for that. Mm-hmm. It can. It really. It's a simple thing, but it really does change the tone of a movie, right. especially for something like this. So Godzilla minus one. Yeah. What is it, Mikey? What's going on with this movie? Uh, this movie is the 33rd Godzilla movie out of like 37, but like made by the 33rd made by Toho and uh-huh. like Toho Associated. Yeah. There've been some offshoots, see your Matthew Broderick ones that Hollywood yeah, yeah, yeah. tried to do. This one is a throwback. This is a, one of the first, I think only. There may be one more, but uh, one of the few period piece Godzilla movies. Right. We're going back in time. That wasn't made in the period. Some people would be like, "Wait, there's that one that's set in the fifties. That was made in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but most of the old ones are based at least close to this time period because Godzilla has been a metaphor for World War II mm-hmm. and Japan's story in it, mm-hmm. uh, Hiroshima, nuclear bomb droppings, all of that. So I think the original was 1954. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was usually the backdrop. So mm-hmm. they're going for a similar effect, but they are making it, they're, they're doing a modern take on it. So it's mm-hmm. post-war Japan, and it's not really as in it or on the nose as previous Godzilla movies, but mm-hmm. war is still a factor, but now Godzilla is after the fact. Yeah. It's the minus one title has multiple layers, just like a lot of things in this movie have multiple layers. There's a lot more going on in just some big monster movie than you would think. That's it. I think a lot of this harkens back to the original one where the original Godzilla movie was literally an allegory for Japan dealing with having two nuclear bombs dropped on it Mm -hmm. and um, the... Fall fallout isn't the right word, but it aftermath, is the word. Yeah. <laughs> the aftermath of all that, um, and it's kind of a, a embodiment of those feelings. There's a lot more to it than just guy in rubber suit crushes model town for sure. And I, I think that can be lost on a lot of people because there's been so many of these that some of the subsequent ones are just literally guy in rubber suit. Crushes oh, yeah. model town. There's there's thirty plus of these, yeah. so there's absolutely some like oh we got to sell more toys. Like, yeah, it's time for the yearly Godzilla movies right. to get butts and seats. Yeah, there's a it a is a range. franchise. Yes, but that first one was was done very much. It's studied in film schools. Mm-hmm. The the fifty four one for an al- showing a allegorical story, mm-hmm. and, and it was innovative at the time. It might look silly to us now because it's obviously guy in rubber suit, man in suit. Yeah, but. At the time, it, w- it was not really. I don't even know if that. I can't even think of anything that did that before. I can't think of any American stuff. The closest that, we got was Power Rangers, right? Well, I mean, that was way later. Way later, that. but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, as far as like, like monster, if, even like monster series, like yeah, we had the mon- monsters and stuff, but there was real like 
we didn't have any creature features outside of movies that I'm yeah, aware of. All as I can think TV. of, yeah, all I can think of is the Universal monsters. There you go. And those are people sized. Yeah, I can't. And they did have like I remember people would like fight dinosaurs and some of those. I think of those bad MST3K things. Yeah, that yeah. were from around this era. <laughs> Giant killer tomatoes. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, and they had like the 50 foot woman and stuff, but. That was this was different. Mm-hmm. This was something new, yeah, yeah, and innovative. But uh, always, like you're saying, always with a little bit of theme behind it. Usually, some military commentary, some environmental commentary, mm-hmm. uh, some monster like <laughs> good versus evil commentary right in your face. Right. You know, that's that's the, the guy in the suit's job. Right. This is the first time in a long time because I, 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 what's your fandom for Godzilla like background? Where does that come in for you? Okay, so. As I've said many times, I grew up in the Boston area, and there's that, and I've mentioned Channel 38 before, that on Saturdays after the cartoons, they had Kung Fu Theater, which was a Kung Fu movie, followed by the Creature Double Feature. There you go. Which was two monster movies of some kind. Nice. Um, And often they had a Godzilla movie because at that point there was, what, 25 of them? Or, (laughs) you know, there was still a lot of Godzilla movies that could get you through the year uh, that you could put in a Creature Double Feature. So I remember seeing numerous Godzilla movies. I can't say I ever saw the entire thing because, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where you just turn it on and then it's like, we got to go to the grocery store or something. Turn the TV off. Lunch is ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I ever saw a w- one full, but I remember seeing him fight Mothra. I remember him seeing him fight Mecha Godzilla, mm-hmm. the robot Godzilla, and they all mushed together in my head. I couldn't tell you which one was which. But I've seen a lot of parts of Godzilla movies. <laughs> I got you. And that's where I come from. As far as the newer ones, once like Legendary took it over and they started making the American ones, I remember seeing the one with Matthew Broderick mm-hmm. and being like, what are you doing? And <laughs> not really liking it that much. And I th- saw the one with, uh, is Millie Bobby Brown in a Godzilla movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian Cranston. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that one and that was fine. Very Hollywood. Yeah. But other than that, I've kind of lost track of Godzilla. Okay. As it were. I got you. I didn't see the other Japanese one that came out a few years ago. Uh, Shin Godzilla? Yeah, Shin Godzilla. I didn't see that one. Mm -hmm. I heard a lot of people like that one as well. But that didn't make the impact that this is making. I mean, this... Oh, yeah, for sure. Before we really get into talking about it, and we are going to spoil all kinds of stuff because we're probably going to get thick into it, I would think. <laughs> but the fun buzz that's happening right now with Godzilla Minus One is there's tons, and I don't know if you've seen this, there's tons and tons of buzz about, hey, Hollywood, this movie is better than anything you've put out in years. Yep. Only cost $15 million. <laughs> what the heck are you guys doing? There you go. You just had a strike over all this money. You're spending 10 to 20 times as much on your movies and they aren't as good as this Japanese $15 million movie. What the heck are you doing? What is wrong with you? Yes, Barbie was fun. People like that. Yes, Oppenheimer is an epic biopic. Mm -hmm. But all this other stuff is not as good. So what are you doing? Where's all this money going? 
Oh, we're, we're spending it on superheroes. They're putting a, putting a lot of effort into those. But right. When it when an awesome expertly made monster movie comes along as a as a fresh flavor, yeah, it's gonna yeah. gonna it's, kick a little butt. It is, and it's it's really kind of shaking things up. At least from the pundits, are we pundits too? I don't know. Maybe we are. But there's a lot of people being like, "This is how you do it, Hollywood." Well, yeah, yeah. Tell us a story, because ultimately, to me, what they did here, and we'll get into it. But what they did here is they told a story that happened to have a monster in it. Mm -hmm. Because I think this could have, even if you took Godzilla out of this movie, it would have been a good post-World War II Japanese drama. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It could have easily, it was written that way. It's almost like Judd Apatow says he always does his comedies. And we like Judd Apatow's comedies. Yeah, yeah. He says he writes all his comedies as a drama and then makes them funny. I believe it. Um, and I think that's why his stuff works so well and holds up because I got kids who are almost adults now and they are looking back at these comedies movies because they like stuff that's funny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of comedy movies are kind of just broad and they're just a lot of poop humor. And my boys don't think that's funny. Yeah, yeah. But they see these Apatow movies, which are old at this point. And they think they're hilarious. And they're like, what's going Why are these so different? And I and I was like, well, he says he writes them as a drama and it makes them funny. And they're like, oh, that's what it is. He doesn't just go, they don't not they aren't sitting around a table going like, what would be funny now? Yeah, and it's, it's not like, a movie just full of punch-ups. Yeah. Yeah. And there have been times in some of the better Marvel movies, we've said mm-hmm. that they do that. Mm-hmm. They are like, oh, this is a heist movie, but with superheroes. Yeah, exactly. And all the better Marvel movies have been like that. So it seems like that's a formula. If anyone listens to us at all who has any power or influence, it seems like the formula is, you know, if you're going to do something with like comedy or monsters or oh, yeah, yeah. or superheroes, mm-hmm. write a good solid like story and uh, then throw the sauce on it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, because especially for a monster movie because like there is the Hollywood angle where people are here to see the monster. Let's show the monster doing cool monster things. Yeah. That's valid. I mean, mm-hmm. that is an argument for monster movies. Yeah. That, that could be the the start and end of it. But when you want something that's a little bit more elevated, what well, you know, you do have to have a story there. And the best way to do it is to pick that slice of life where you get the the single perspective, but it has so many little pieces and parts in it that you get the the larger picture. Korea does really well with that in films too. They yeah. made a film called The Host that was a monster movie that you follow the family and then the monster is secondary. Because mm-hmm. you're right, because Godzilla in this movie is he's the catalyst to get from Act 1 to 2 and the catalyst to get from Act 2 to 3. Uh-huh. He is almost unimportant to the plot. He's, yeah. he's secondary. Secondary, yeah. But kind of primary to the motivation, in some ways, of what's going on with our character. Yeah, yeah. So our main character is a fellow named Koichi Shikishima, and... Now, you know I'm a big World War II buff, mm-hmm. and so I got excited when I saw this guy in a Zero go, going to... First of all, that first, that first shot was so cool. I'm saying, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. I mean, they show the landing they show the landing gear, and the thing just go down the whole way, which is super cool. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is World War II, and that guy's in a Zero, and he gets out, and the, all the mechanics come to the, up to him, and they're like, what's wrong? And he's like, I don't know. There's something wrong with my plane. And then you come to find out that, oh, my gosh, he's a kamikaze pilot. He's not supposed to come back. Yeah, He's supposed to go out 
and give his life for the emperor and the, the great Japan. But this guy actually, uh, and it, this did happen. I know this from being a World War II buff. Sometimes you would have mechanical issues, and mm-hmm. there were these islands with mechanics that you were supposed to go and land, and they'd fix it, and then you'd get your butt back out there and go crash into something. Mission has to be completed. Yeah. But we find out that they looked up and down his plane. They're like, there's nothing wrong with it. And so the head mechanic, Takibana, Takibana, intimidating fellow, mm-hmm. comes up to Koichi. He's like, hey, man. What's the deal? What's the deal? Yep. Seems like you might be chickening out here. Seems, and yeah. that's not honorable. Exactly. That's not what we do in Japan. Not at all. And... <laughs> he's like, oh, no, are you accusing me of something? It's very, the whole, this whole thing, here's the funny thing. We've been getting so much into like anime mm-hmm. recently and mm-hmm. like the high animes, I call them, the ones that are like the Attack on Titans. And yeah, the, yeah. The ones that are really uh, try to elevate the story. I would say they're like meteor than some of the, you know, the other ones are fun. You know, yeah, the yeah. romance ones are fun and stuff, but some there's some of them like Chainsaw Man and all these that are a little bit meatier. Gotcha. I had no idea until I was seeing this how much it's like, oh, there's a very Japanese, a modern, I guess I should call it, a modern Japanese way of storytelling Okay. that I also see in this. I got you. I could see this easily as animated just as I can live action. For sure. Um, and I'll recommend this series to you now. There's a series... It's on Netflix. I'm not sure if Netflix still has it because that's all crazy now. Yeah, but, right. No. Uh, it's another. It's another Japanese property. It's called Midnight Diner, uh-huh. and it takes place in Tokyo. But it's like old and t- older times, like not modern day. But it centers around this cast of characters that just come into this restaurant to eat. But that's all it is. It's it's this sort of not. It's it's traditional storytelling. You got all your mm-hmm. usual beats, but they they're adding in the Japanese culture that. Everybody can relate to, right? But it's specifically Japanese, like when you're getting things like honor and all that, like, right? Yeah, because I wanted to see if you agree with this point. I think one of the reasons that this has done so well is because there is a large generation of people who grew up with anime and manga. I can I, see that. We go to all these anime conventions, and you see, you run into people. I mean. Your generation, the millennials, you guys are getting old. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, a lot of uh, a lot of y'all don't want to admit it, but you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but part of getting old means you become consumers with money who can make the choices of what movies you go to. Yep. And I think that if you grew up and there's tons of your generation, the millennials, who grew up with anime and subtitled anime you mean japanimation yeah that's what we call the grown-up <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly that i think that the barrier to entry on something like this is a lot lower than it would have been in my generation i think a lot of people have been like what i have to read it and it's from japan a japanese monster movie that i have to read come yeah. on I, that's okay with those like french films because those are art well, oh, you're making you're making my brain light up in a whole bunch, of, uh, and I agree. But uh, <laughs> good. No, it's it's funny because like there's a there's a whole bunch of factors in that in that like we we sort of been punching on superhero stuff a lot lately. But 
the the thing that's that burnout and overexposure has done is it's also opened up people to like weird characters and magic powers and mm-hmm. just sort of this is what's happening in this movie. Yeah. Get on board or don't. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you like it or don't, it's sort of it's it's a, a tolerance test to people. And now mm-hmm. we're like, okay, so like for a buy-in for a Godzilla movie, Godzilla, I would imagine the reason there's 33 of them and it's still sort of like a, oh yeah, they had a couple of those come out mm-hmm. is because it's not for everybody. Yeah. But I think with your Chainsaw Man, your One Piece, and with anime sort of crossing borders a little bit easier and being even more and more trendy as the days go by, mm-hmm. I think this is a Godzilla movie you could take your mom to. This is a Godzilla movie that mm-hmm. your grandma would be like, I saw it on TV and it, it, was, it was actually, it, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. You know, it's, they're, they're doing Godzilla for the nerds, but also it, it, doing it in a way that's more open and relatable mm-hmm. and not just like, not just for the diehards. Mm-hmm. It is a great story and a great movie first and a Godzilla movie almost second. Yeah. Um, one of the first things I really liked about this first beat is, you know, you have uh, Koichi's there and they're not like it's it's kind of funny because I, I don't know what the ranks are as military ranks, but it seems like Koichi and the mechanic yep. are at least on the level because he like he can't order him to go. He doesn't. Well, here here's the the information I got because I I was confused by this because I was like, oh, OK. Because, well, here's the thought I had. Like, this is, I get that this is post-war Japan, but I was like, where's the military in this movie? Oh, oh, you mean after. Yeah. And, like, like, and yes, there are some military, and but also, like, just historically, Japan had to disband after, or had to disarm and yeah. disband yeah. and all that after the war. Yeah. So, like, this is almost, this is a silly analogy, but this is, like, the stuff we've seen in recent Star Wars movies, you know, with the empires, they're still around, but rank isn't really a thing because that system's no right, longer right, there. Right, right, right. So post-war Japan has the military destructuring. Mm-hmm. So we don't get a sense of who's what rank because yeah. that's sort of... But that's, like, intentional. It's yeah. actually part of the world, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we sort of have to judge by who seems the most noble <laughs> and who seems the most loud. Right. But also it's interesting because we the first thing we learn about our main character is that he's a bad guy. But we don't... We don't, it's, it's not believable. I find that a fascinating narrative hook. That he's a bad guy? He's a deserter. Oh, I see. He's yeah. a kamikaze pilot that gave up on the he's war. He's a coward is what it is. He's a, he des- he's a deserter. Yeah, he's a coward. Yeah, yeah. Because when we get our first, but there is, we do get the two mechanics. There's the one mechanic, the mm-hmm. head mechanic, who's yes. like, you're dishonorable. Mm-hmm. And Touch then banner. there's the other mechanic who shows up and he's like, hey, man. We need I, more people like you. I get it. Yeah. We're about to lose, and you're just about to go crash into something, and it's not going to help us win. Exactly. I get it, man. Yeah, so it's kind of, they're, they're kind of saying, like, he's not an outlier mm-hmm. over here. But then they do kind of make the point, once once baby Godzilla shows up, or the Godzilla of bef- yeah. pre-nuke Godzilla, yeah. I guess. No, just, just, just awaken just out of... Yeah, I guess birth or hibernation. They never really explicitly say. But he's not as big as he gets after he gets nuked. No, he's at the bikini atoll. Yeah, he's. Uh, But he's like he's like I don't know T Rex size, Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park T Rex size for sure. But we get to see Koichi is like they're like get in your fighter. It's pointing right at him. Shoot him with the twenty millimeter cannons, and Koichi gets in there and he can't even do that much. So they're like, this guy's a coward. He can't even you know because I. 
I don't think I'm the bravest guy in the world, but if I had 20 millimeter cannon in my hands, basically, and the thing is right there, pull yeah. the trigger, it wouldn't have done anything. It wouldn't <laughs> have done any good, I don't think. I would have given them scars that would have yeah. Wolverine healed or yeah. Deadpool healed. Yeah. And I'm with you. It's, it, I just find it fascinating that, like, because, like, we're talking about the difference between Japanese action movie and, and Hollywood action movie. Hollywood action movie is is America's ass with a shield and a cool weapon. Oh yeah, yeah, flawless. It's like that beekeeper movie that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. You you know you're gonna watch that whole movie, and Statham is never gonna yeah. show any weakness at all. That's he's it. the best. So his and, weakness is that he quit, and he's he's keeping bees now. And that and that's the best. But for a story like this to set it up on a person that's based on perspective made the wrong choice. Yeah, yeah. Is a coward. And yeah. can't rise to the occasion right. of, of 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 a climactic scene that this movie is supposed to deliver. Right. You know, it's like, oh, this is our guy. You know, yeah, it's it's a really funny buy-in. But that scene, I yes, I get it. Like, just pull the trigger; it's right there. I think that scene did a really cool job of like you forget that Godzilla is like we know Godzilla because it's a monster movie. Right, 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 you know, right. it's a character in our consciousness. Yeah. For the characters in the movie, yeah. this is the supernatural come to life. Right. This is divinity made flesh and wreaking havoc. Except for that one mechanic who knew who he was. There was one mechanic. Because he heard legend. It's yeah. tale. Like, yeah. Baba Yaga used to, <laughs> yeah. he used to talk about Godzilla, you know? Yeah. That makes it even more frightening. Yeah. And I guess this is just me or the tone of the movie. It does remind you of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I picked up on it, and it was cool, and it's like, it does help with the just pull the trigger because right. it is frustrating. It's like it's right there. Yeah, but it no. adds so much tension. It's really good. It's, it's really it. yeah. The, there's a lot of masterful things in this this <laughs> this fifteen million dollar Japanese movie. We get to see Godzilla yeah. pick up humans and toss them. Yeah, he doesn't eat them. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. According to the Toho Corporation, he can't be shown eating humans. Yeah, he doesn't eat them. That's crazy. Yeah, well, these they're not his. He doesn't like the flavor. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, there's a there's a whole mythos. I went down. It's great, but yeah, <laughs> he eats other things. He doesn't like how they taste. Humans are gross. Yeah, Ooh. I want to taste electricity and and power. Yeah, they're all oily and greasy and <laughs> gross. This is what tastes like soy sauce. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that point that you made about how different it is to have the protagonist start off as a a total failure in this way in an action type movie. That's until I started thinking about how, like, because I thought about that beekeeper because the trailer was before it, and that is such an American movie. In that, like, the John Wick and all these other things is like the failure of that character is that they quit doing what they were awesome at. Yeah. So then they have to get dragged back in for one last job. That's it. And the failure of this guy is that he's. Well, I mean, I understand why you don't want to kamikaze yourself, but in his culture, that's a total fail. It's a failure that's, of character. It's yeah. failure of character, it's failure of honor. Mm -hmm. He goes home to Tokyo and his family's dead. So it's like he can't even commiserate with the people that love him who might be like, thank God you're alive. You know, I'm kind of glad you made that choice. There's no one who's glad he made that choice, especially his neighbor who yeah. was like, why are you alive? You were a kamikaze pilot. You could have done something to stop my children from dying. The crazy auntie neighbor, yeah. So, yeah. I loved her, by the way. Mm -hmm. I don't the Sumiko. Yeah, Sumiko. That that was a every single 
every single character in this, every single my from the the most minor to the most major character, they were all so well played. Mm-hmm. I cared about every single one of them. Yeah, uh, they are. We don't know them, but the Japanese viewers know them. Most of these are marquee actors and actors. Oh yeah, um, I thought you were talking about the characters, but you're talking no, no, yeah, the, yeah. the actors are like marquee actors in Japan. I did learn that the the actor that plays the kid on the the boat crew, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the Hollywood equivalent of a pop star taking yeah, yeah. a turn as yeah, he's a, a J- action star. He's a J pop boy band. That's star. amazing. Yeah, never like didn't phase me, but I he's know the, I know that lane in Hollywood. Yeah, he's the uh, the Harry Styles in um, Dunkirk. Didn't affect me right? one bit, but learning it after the fact, I was like, oh neat. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job. He did do a great job. I wonder, if, I wonder how well he sings. <laughs> Yeah, there are, there are a lot, a lot of big names in here. Yeah, but big names within Japanese cinema, right? Which and, is interesting. Yeah, and I kind of I, I looked at that because you know me, I like to go see what other people are saying, good or bad. And mm-hmm. This is mostly all good. It's insane how well this is performing, critic and people wise. Godzilla is crushing um, it. Ah, <laughs> I get it. Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that was a blind spot for some of these people. And I, I don't want to be too critical, but come on. Uh, they were like, they're like, oh, the, the, what's beautiful about this is we don't know who any of these people are. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, uh, that's kind of tone deaf. Yeah. And cause if you look them up they cause they were acting like, wow, the acting's really, they were so good. And it's like, yeah, dude, they're like the best Japanese actors. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna. It's just like how when Quentin Tarantino wanted a German actor for Inglorious Bastard, he's like, who's like the best German actor, mm-hmm. like in Germany? Yeah, not internet. The international. I'm not looking for like Heidi Klum, who's like internationally famous. I'm looking for like she's not an actor. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's the only German I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, who's the best? German actor, yep. and it was Christoph Waltz. There you and go. Now he is internationally famous because he deserves to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to not recognize them is one thing, but to assume they're all fresh faces that yeah. is, that is a little close minded. Yeah, but it just—I mean, everybody in here is flawless. Yes, for what is a monster movie, a monster right. action movie, they're bringing a whole lot of heart and a whole lot of story because Koichi isn't the only flawed character. He's pretty much in a gang of flawed characters. Right. But yeah, there's some heavy hitters. The the fat the fun part about this for me, uh, in the Positron way, is that I, I'm one of those people. I didn't recognize anybody. Yeah, yeah. But now that I have this director, he's won the the equivalent of like six Oscars for Japanese mm-hmm. cinema. Yeah. So now I have this list of movies that are like right. These are all critically acclaimed, and you had no idea they existed. I'm like hell yeah. Yeah. So. And no. then also some of the actors in this. I want to see what Sakura Ando is doing <laughs> and exactly. other things. I was kind of looking through. That's the one who plays Sumiko. Mm-hmm. I was kind of looking through her IMDb, and she's like a UFC fighter or something, a female UFC fighter. And that's awesome. Of the, I'm like, I want to see that. This, are they just doing a Japanese version of Million Dollar Baby, or <laughs> is it something totally different? We Either way, Hillary Swank. I kind of want to see it. I get it. <laughs> I think that, but it also goes to the point it works in our favor because we aren't distracted by the the Hollywoodness of it. Right. Like I wonder, like it it did well in Japan, so you know this didn't affect it. Mm-hmm. But was it a bigger draw for them because it was all the the Brian Cranstons and the right, right. the you know whoever's hot? It's yeah. the Chris Pratt's in, yeah. in Godzilla minus one. You know yeah. we put them in Jurassic World. It's that yeah. effect. 
So it, it's curious because like it's just characters to us, right. which is I think works in our favor. But it get, we get the bonus of something to research and rabbit hole after the fact. So we we spend like ninety five percent of the movie with Koichi. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's there the whole time. That's it. And the poor guy is. They do such a good job. Such a good job. You're <laughs> sitting there, and you you end up like you really start rooting for the guy because mm-hmm. uh, you know he's lost his family. His house is now just chunks of wood. He's taken and, the burden of the failure at the island upon himself. Yeah, like he didn't pull the trigger, but now he realized. Like he woke up the next morning and saw that everybody was gone. Everybody, so that's yeah. weighing on him. And he's sad and depressed and really doesn't know what to do with himself. Yep. And next thing he knows, he's in the market, and someone hands him a baby. <laughs> Here, hold this life. Protect this life. Okay, bye. I just love how he's like he's just sitting there on that bench, like going, is this woman ever going to come back for her baby? I don't think she's coming back for the baby. And then you it know? is his fault because he's like, what are you doing out in the open? I was waiting for you to move around before she comes back. <laughs> It's a fun little beat. Yeah, that that was. I, she's, he's like, where did you go? She's like, I've been hiding. They were after me. <laughs> I figured you just put it down and walk away. But that was a great way to meet Noriko. And what we, man, I love how there's a lot of little surprises in here. Mm-hmm. Not really many of them were telegraphed to me. I don't know if I'm, because I'm kind of dense that way sometimes. But when you discover it's like, oh, Noriko has this baby and then she's heating up like milk and all the stuff. And he, <laughs> and he's sitting there going like, why aren't you breastfeeding this baby? Yeah. And and then also Sumiko's like, yeah, what's going on with that? And she's like, yeah, it's not actually my baby. And they're like, why Why do you just have a baby? But it's, it's tragic. During the fire bombings, there was some woman who was dying and she's like, here, take care of my baby. Yeah. It's like, wah. Exactly. You're dealing with, you know, she's a, a noble person. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, I'm someone tasked me with taking care of this child, so I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. In any way that I can. And I'm going to protect this baby. And you see a little glimmer of it with Koichi, because at first he's going to just leave the baby on the bench. And then he's like, I can't leave the baby on a bench. Yeah, yeah. And she he, even he questions, has a golden heart. She even questions him at one point. She's like, why didn't you just leave the baby on the bench? And then it doesn't give an answer because they get. I think they get interrupted by Godzilla yeah, again or something related something. to Godzilla. Yeah, I don't think he actually gave an answer. But this this is more of the the wonderful storytelling choices that they're making. Koichi is the the character flawed main protagonist. Mm-hmm. He meets his heroine Nuriko, who is character flawed because it, it there's a lot of this, but this is another example of it is that not everything is what it seems, or not everything is. Right. Your first appearance. You know, Koichi is a kamikaze pilot that didn't, he came back. Yeah. So bad. Uh, first impression, mm-hmm. bad. But you hand him a baby, he's going to look after it. Yeah. So, oops, secret good person. Mm-hmm. We see Noriko. She's, she's like, oh, she's a beggar woman. Yeah, she's a thief, a actually. A thief, yeah. Looks yeah. like she has a bundle, you know, of stolen goods. And then it turns out, oh, she's even worse in Japan. She's an unmarried woman with a baby. Yeah, You know, right. social pariah. Worse. Yeah. And then it turns out, oh, she's one of the most noble people. She's taking care of an infant that isn't hers. Right. Because some random, you know, because it's life. Mm-hmm. Because some stranger handed her a baby and says, mm-hmm. this is, take care of this. Yes. And then Koichi ups it and then he t- starts taking care of them a little bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a, 
I don't know. I look at this from like the the tabletop RPG. Like, how do you bring your crew together? Right. You know. Right. And this is like as far as like a meet cute or like give a, giving a party a reason to engage. Yeah. This is this is really well yeah. Done. It's great. And the the whole like you're not staying here. And she's like, okay. Yep. <laughs> and then it's like years later, still there. Oh, I love it though because they do it with a montage. Yeah. I love it. It's not just a time jump. And it was distinct enough for me to go, oh, we're not just doing a time jump. We get to see the world progress a little bit. Yeah. And it, it made me miss it. But yeah, we got it. It was a nice way to do it, but we mm-hmm. do get everybody growing up a little bit. Yeah. And we get to really see, like, one of the things that is super neat to me is, and I guess that we've had enough runway from the end of World War II is, and I've seen some stuff from Germany too, is that the countries that were the antagonists for the war mm-hmm. uh, have finally had enough generations past that people feel comfortable telling stories set in that era that aren't just about, hey, we're totally bad. There's something called uh, Generation War that's set in Germany, and that's uh, very much that way. And there's not a lot of stuff that's been out there like that. Everything has usually been from like the... American perspective, the Soviet perspective, mm-hmm. or know. perspectives that every like historic, like right. textbook perspective, textbook perspective. Yeah, it's really interesting to me to get to see this is after the war in Japan. You get to see how everything was destroyed, but there's really no like FEMA or there's really no one to help them. Mm-hmm. They have to help themselves. They have to rebuild themselves. They just have to figure it out. And it's tough, and they talk about how hard it is to get a job. Um, and the only job he can find that's going to make a lot of money and maybe bring him some honor back is on a minesweeper. But he loves it, or he doesn't love it, but he's okay with it because, like, it's a step it's a step up from Kamikaze Pilot, you yeah. know? Which is, I don't know, it was, a, it was a fun little beat. I like it. Noriko got so mad at him. Then she, too. I, yeah, yeah, that that you can. I mean, they had to let you know that like you she, can't just live with people and no bonding or no affection right, is right. not going to happen. Yeah, that's when we start getting a little peak of it. On her end, I mean, she's no, oh, yeah. she fell in love with him like from day one almost. Oh yeah. Well, um, he was he was in love too. He was just a dumb man distracted by his ex- duty. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the thing. He just didn't even. He didn't know how much he loved her until she got blown away by Godzilla. Oh, what a scene. Yeah. I totally thought they were both going in the alleyway, and then she didn't, and I was like, what? My yeah. jaw dropped. That was yeah. an exceptional scene in this movie. Yes. Uh, but it is, no, fascinating for, because we said it in the intro, but like, Godzilla has been the metaphor for uh, Hiroshima mm-hmm. and Nagasaki. Like, that is the, it, the stated throughout many interviews with the creators, that is the stated sort of intention and inspiration. Mm -hmm. But with that comes like the historical context and the connotation. And while it like was fitting for the property, it's hard to like keep using that. Mm -hmm. And I think they know that because like, you know, they're trying to do something new with this Mm -hmm. Godzilla. So for as much as it's a war movie and it's for as much as all the war touchstones that we're familiar with, we don't see any, we we don't see any U S forces to let us know that this is that, this that event, right? Um, it we don't even really say what the conflict is. It's just that this is Japan after a war, yeah, the war, mm-hmm. the, the most recent war, right? You know, which is interesting because that makes it a focus of war as an idea and not war as as seen from good guys, bad guys, this guy, right. those guys. It's, right? It, it's really interesting. 
Yeah, and the a lot of the other Godzilla movies, anytime they like are attacking Godzilla with like jets and stuff, there's often American pilots. Yeah, yeah. Because they're trying to keep it realistic, and the Japanese weren't allowed to have jets, but we had bases there. Yeah. This one, they have to do the kind of uh, probably the only thing that bothered me about this go for from it. A historical yeah. angle <laughs> is that the Americans were like. Yeah, we can't help you with the giant monster because the Soviets are going to get mad at us. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe. I mean, the, I can see if the Soviets didn't believe if the Soviets didn't believe that there was a giant monster going on, they'd think that they were the U.S. was up to shenanigans trying to do military. You know how like even today, yeah, yeah. how China will like put their warships in a portion of the sea that's seen as sovereign to some other country yeah. and then people get mad it raises tensions. This isn't good. Mm-hmm. So all I can think of is that there's no way the Soviets believe that there's a giant lizard monster out there. <laughs> so they're just having to be like, well, you know, and they don't want to tell them there's a giant lizard monster out there. That's the only way I can see that they totally be like, yeah, we're totally out on this one. Yeah, um, that makes sense. It was kind of a bend over backwards, I guess. I can I can justify it, <laughs> and because this movie is so well done, yes, for its fifteen million dollar budget, <laughs> I can let it go. I got you. I want to be more mad at it, but I can't because I mean, let's talk about Godzilla. We haven't even talked. Every time he shows up, it looks great to me. It's awesome. I, old, I, old school Godzilla. Yeah, he he's old school looking Godzilla with a little bit of CGI flair. But when he walks around, he has that slow guy in a suit stompiness. <laughs> uh, he's got those that those crazy Godzilla pecs That's that it. Godzilla always had. He <laughs> looks like Godzilla. He really does. Probably one of the things that bothered me most about some of those new American ones is like, don't make him look like the alien from Aliens. That's it. Godzilla looks a certain way. He, he, he does have a certain je ne sais yeah. quoi. Yeah. It, he is lizard-like, but also dog-like. Also, he's his own thing. Because according to the Japanese, yes, he is a monster, but he is also half god. Yes. And I'm with you. The newest, the newest Godzilla kept making him bigger and badder, which you got to do. You got to power yeah. creep, you know, and that makes sense for what they were doing at the time. But... It, there is a certain feel to Godzilla, and they honored it in this one. Right. Like, deliberately made it look more upright be, to make it look like a guy in a suit as opposed to, like, the hunched over. Like, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and some of my favorite scenes were the in-the-water ones, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of that was done because of the budget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense, yeah. But We only have to animate half of them this way. Right, right. But, I mean, it's hard for me to... I, I kind of want to ask you, but because it's hard for me to figure out what like my favorite action Godzilla scene was in this. I got you. Because they used him sparingly, wonderfully. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what makes it awesome. I think part of the problem with like a Transformers and stuff, it's there's way too much Transformers going on. <laughs> and it, there's way too much monster. This was almost done in a Jaws-like way. Yeah. Where, I mean, the screen time of Godzilla, I don't know how much it is. It's it, um, it's closer to the old school days. It's right. only like a, maybe fifteen percent of the movie, yeah, ten percent. But when he's there, it's impactful. It. Um, and I love the and this had to be like hearkening to Jaws, right? When they're on the little minesweeper and he's he's chasing them and they're trying to get the mines out. Yeah, and they're trying to shoot him. It's doing nothing. It does nothing. The cockles they do nothing. Right. 
Yeah. Oh, you got to go in the water. Ah, shark is in the water. Yeah. yeah. No, this is Jaws 101. It's it's simple monster. Make it menacing. Barely show it, and then you know, have all of, everything you throw at it go wrong. Right. Yeah. And then the that battleship shows up. Oh man, I think that was my favorite. That's like one of the first in the first encounters of Big Godzilla. They try and blow half his face off, and he Wolverine regenerates. <laughs> and then the 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 ship comes in and blows the heck out of him, and he sinks to the bottom, and then he regenerates and atomics it from under the water. <laughs> that was great. That was amazing. Yeah. And then the whole atomic effect. Um, so, yeah, the director said that like one of his favorite Godzilla movies is one that came out in 2001 that I haven't seen called Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. Oh. And it's giant monsters all out attack. So that title sounds amazing. But apparently <laughs> it was one of the, the Japanese installments that hit really big before this one and mm. Shin uh, Godzilla. Okay. Uh, it, it was around the, the resurgence era where they were harkening back to Godzilla looking, looking the old way, mm-hmm. going back to the old themes. Mm-hmm. But the whole, like, his dinosaur parts coming out of the back of yeah, him, his yeah, little yeah. plates. The charging up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anime. It's, oh, it's so anime. It's just Japanese. I guess we should say it's so Japanese. It's so Japanese. Yeah. But that is a nod to that 2001 Godzilla movie, oh. who is doing that as a nod to Guy in the Suit. It's like, yeah. we want to make it look something about it practical. And yeah. so just that the, the subtle shifting of plates. Yeah. It's such a cool effect. Still CGI in this movie, but they made it look like suitmation, yeah. you know? And so it was, it was really neat. He's like, oh, he's charging up. It's over 9,000. <laughs> all, all the anime memes apply. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when like the Ginza scene is when you're talking about where Noriko pushes him into the alleyway. Oh yeah, she had gone to work in town. She yeah. got a job, and this is where we get sort of we get Kuichi back into the scene because he realized, oh, I do have, I do care about these people, and I must protect them. Yeah, this was a nice little part of the movie because we get a we get a softening of Sumiko with the child. Yep, that like she becomes the nanny. In a lot of ways. Yes. And Noriko can go to work in town to help with the money because I think she just wants him to quit doing that dangerous job in a lot of ways because he got hurt. Exactly. The last time. And yeah, so they're in... Because that's a part of Tokyo, right? Like a suburb, I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Odo is, I think, the island where he lands is fictional. But that is. That's a fictional island. Related to the original Godzilla. Yeah. Um, But the Ginza, it, it's the thing Pacific Rim did that sort of instantly like made me buy in as far as like the action movie aspect of it is that we see Godzilla munching on ships, but then he starts munching on trains, and then he throws a ship through the city. <laughs> and that's... That, I don't know what it is about that setup, that juxtaposition, but anytime you see like a battle cruiser like going yeah. through the air between skyscrapers, you're like, this yeah. is really bad. Yeah, when they when the when the people look up the street and a couple of train cars just go flying into the buildings yeah. and they're like, Oh, we should run now. Yeah. And this is it, it it's old school Godzilla. It's him yeah. rampaging through a town and it's it's the this is where the, the mythology of the creature comes in because Godzilla's the best. He's, it's weird, but he's the best because he's the worst. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just pure malice. Oh, he's a bad guy in this. Yeah. He's the monster in this. There's no anti-hero. Godzilla's no. the protector of Tokyo. No. 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 He's destroyer of Tokyo. Yeah. He nukes Tokyo. That's it. But it's in the very Japanese way of it's not even necessarily bad. They just have destructive gods mm-hmm. and like creation yeah, yeah, gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just of destruction. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a force of, of nature. Oh. Yeah. 
and like that's all symbolism and all that but it's just like you don't have to you can hate him as much as you want it's like right. oh things are so bad like look how much he's messing it up and it's because he's a just pure evil monster yeah and that scene is great because um Enrico's in the train and she doesn't have action hero grip strength she does for a little bit a little bit. <laughs> but then... He does give it a shake, and she's still holding on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you get one she's, if I do that again. No, she... Thankfully, he was over the the bay or yeah. wherever. Yeah. Tokyo Bay? Yeah, it's a bay. But, man, that next scene, the scene you're talking about, the way it starts off, where everyone's running, mm-hmm. and, and, and Noriko's sopping wet, and she's just, like, zombie-like strolling down the street, that is such a good choice for... I. I it's sh- that really struck me because she's just like I don't even I don't even you know <laughs> it's it's it was wonderful and that and then Koichi finds her and it's like you got to run <laughs> you've got you've got to live oh, yeah. just the 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 subtle big themes that are in here uh, that's one of that's when they harp on one of them and it's really strong and it, this is the metaphor these are the themes of the movie but it it is beautiful because it's 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 shell shock. We right. saw it yeah, with yeah, Koichi yeah. when he couldn't fire the gun yeah. just because of this unimaginable evil that's been presented right. suddenly in front right. of me. And it, it, yeah, and to see the, the, these flawed people still act heroically is very awesome. Right. Then she sacrifices herself. Uh, that, that, uh, I totally thought it was going the other way. I thought he was yeah. going to, like, she was reaching out and he was going to grab and, like, no, lean back, just, you know? And then bye she bye. was gone. She was gone. But... Uh, you know, we didn't see her death on screen. So right. as an anime fan, that person is never dead. Yeah. So I, I, I was bummed out momentarily, but I was like, nah. If they yeah. hadn't if they had not brought her back at the end of the movie, this would have been a much different podcast. But Yeah, I didn't know how that would have gone. I was <laughs> I was sitting there going like, Oh, well, maybe you could survive that. I don't know. I, this, well, I don't know. But I I this brings me to this point. I Love that Minesweeper crew. Yes. I love the crew. These are archetypes to the max. Absolutely. I mean... This is, this is a crew that Miyazaki would put together. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you got Noda, who's like this former engineer scientist guy. Doc. Who, who looks exactly like he's supposed to, acts exactly like he's supposed to, has the voice he's supposed to. Still wearing a lab coat because, of course... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you got Akitsu, who's the the captain, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, you know, he's the, I mean, that is like, but he's also like, he's, he's the dude, he's the duty and honor yes. Japanese dude, but also the too old for it. And I'm, yes. I'm past it. Yes. So good. And then, like we said, we got Shiro, who's apparently a Japanese pop star, who's the kid. <laughs> Who laments the fact that he was too young to be in the war? Oh, and then Koichi gets right up in his face. Koichi, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was a great little beat. We got this this great bonding. They're sharing. They share meals together. He has him over to his house. He yeah. gets to know the family. And after Noriko is apparently seemingly dead, mm-hmm. I love how the captain just like he's like, "Why did you not marry her?" What is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, he's like, oh. It's it's funny because, it's again, it's like people's true character isn't revealed until you get into the gritty of it. Right. For all these people. And so, like, we the, the captain of the ship is so funny because he's like, it's like, what's your opinion about orders? He's like, I hate him with a passion, but we're following him anyway. <laughs> you know, like that sort of, that's, that's true honor. You know, it's yeah. not like just do what follow the words you were given right. type stuff. And it's like, 
you did such a noble thing bringing in this woman and this child and you obviously flourished, you know, why didn't you like take the next logical life step? Not like this is what a man should do. It's just like, you dummy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I also, and this is the thing I'm, I was trying to, I think this was also a point I was trying to get to when I was saying how more comfortable people are with Japanese media now. Mm-hmm. It might also be, help that people are comfortable with Korean media too. It's still that Asian sphere. 100%. Um, with Squid Game and stuff. But I have a feeling that if we weren't so comfortable with Japanese media, the two times he like slammed his head on the table and was like, oh, forgive me. You know, it was just like freaking out. Yeah. I think Americans would have been like, what, what is that idiot doing? They would yeah. have found it funny or comical. Yeah. But I've seen that happen so many times in an anime that I was just like, oh, I guess that's just if you're Japanese and you feel that way, that's something you do. It, it, but that's the best part about it. It is so Japanese and it works so well because even if you miss the mark and your assumption isn't correct, it's still dramatic enough that you get the gist of it. Yeah. Like even if you're like, he's being kind of weird. Yeah. In Japan, he's like, he's being really dramatic about this. Yeah. Like it, it's still the same point. Right. Like, we add a little bit more craziness to him. Like, is that fella talking to Jesus right now? Like, right. is he hearing voices? Right. Why, why is he bowing and screaming and exclaiming all the time? Speaking of which, another, man, there's so <laughs> many good things about this. Another thing that they did story-wise yep. that I was like, wow, is at, at one point, Koichi thinks he died in the war. Yeah, PTSD, man. You know, he's like, this is too crazy. Mm-hmm. I must have I died. Mm-hmm. This has all been a crazy dream. Yep. I have the family I always wanted, but there's oh, this monster keeps showing up. So obviously this is a nightmare. Good things keep happening, or, but everything I do keeps going yes. wrong. Yeah, that's I'm, dream sequence. So either I'm in a nightmare, I died in the war, I'm in I'm in the underworld. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean that narrative the, and the fact that he voices that, I I love it because it hits you. You're like, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And I I like that he voices that. A lot of media, a lot of stories, they'll have that, like, you have to, like, pull that out, you know, oh, for sure. later on, you'll be, like, going, like, oh, I, he, or the director or someone will say it in an interview. I like it being addressed in there. He's like, I think I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> and without having to say it, like, this is something, this is a concept we know. Like, I called it shell shock earlier, and that's what they used to know it as in these times, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's PTSD. Right. Like, we see him wake up, walk out the door, and he's having visions of the, the trauma that he had right. on Odo Island. So, like, we obviously know that's fake, but... To him, like we know that PTSD can be that real, mm-hmm. so it is like it's a it's a real life thing happening in the middle of a monster mm-hmm. movie, and bringing those characters closer together, like him, and then like it's 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 a big deal to us, but him being vulnerable and saying, "Here's the burden I have," mm-hmm. and sharing it with Noriko, like that's the big touching moment. Yeah, and then I, you know, especially in Japanese culture where that's sort of even more repressed than it is for us. Right, right, right. It's, it's an even bigger deal, but these little moments the the quiet moments before between Godzilla attacks that show you it's true character reveal right yeah what do you think and i think i'm i think i know what you'll say yeah but what did you think about the plan the plan <laughs> scenes and all that stuff uh, it's I, so classic godzilla movie to it's me it's so classic and there's another they in the opening shot they do like the world it, it's world war 2 esque but uh, like the newsreel montage. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. here's what's happening with Douglas yeah, yeah, MacArthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's at the atoll. I'm not yeah. like, like, they did a really good job of making it look 
like that cheesy old mm-hmm. like historical sci-fi yeah. monster movie. Yeah. But they had models and stuff. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I, the plan itself makes me a little grumpy. Because yeah, why? It, it's just it's so simple. It but, is, but, but it's, it's what it's also what makes it perfect. Like yeah. it is, it's it's the plan that works for the movie that I'm watching. I loved it for some reason. I don't know. I just because because it seems so old, like Godzilla movie to me. It's oh like, yeah, here's we'll our plan. Them. We have we have models and uh, we have examples and we have the guys from the balloon company. If you so, look out the window, we're gonna inflate one. <laughs> yeah, thanks guys. If the pressure if the pressure doesn't kill them, we'll give them the bends. I did love that it was the <laughs> Toho balloon company. I was like, oh Toho, I get yeah. it. It, 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 no, and it's great, and like, yeah, we'll sink them, and if that doesn't work, we'll give him the the bends. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Which of course made me go like, wait a minute, he's like an aquatic creature. How is this going to do anything to him? Exactly. Which I think Koichi was like, yeah, I think we need a backup backup plan. But it it it's also like it's scientist logic. Like all the variables, if they work, it should you know it should go well. No, it, it's just that that's the bad part of me knowing the Godzilla that I know is that. <laughs> he's power creeped to so many different levels and there's been yeah. so many like this is the only way we can take out Godzilla to now be like we're gonna strap something to him and make, sink him real fast and if that doesn't work we're gonna float him real fast yeah. it's like by golly it's gotta work <laughs> it is a little aw shucks but I, I yeah. get it it just I was like oh okay yeah <laughs> I like but I like that I think now I don't know if this will help you out yes I think that plan was supposed to be kind of bad because it makes Koichi make the backup backup plan. Oh, absolutely. And I think that if the plan seemed totally solid, Koichi wouldn't have gone through with that. Oh, and they they pace like the the execution of the plan is awesome. It plays out well. And no, you're right cuz I had like they they telegraph it from a mile away, but I had forgotten it they they played it out so well that I forgotten Koichi was the secret linchpin. Yeah. Like they I they make you think that he's the distraction and he you know he, he's the decoy. He made them think that he's a distraction. Exactly. So, like, I fell for that, too, as the audience member. And then when it goes completely silent for his moment of glory. Oh, yeah. Oh, powerful. Now, I'll tell you this. I loved how the only other person who survived the very beginning uh, attack, and he got a limp for it, was Takibana. Mm. And he's the guy who, you know, was this guy's a total coward. You should not come back unless there's actually something wrong with your plane. Yep. And Koichi's like... All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna fulfill my destiny. I'm gonna be a kamikaze pilot, and I'm gonna do it into Godzilla this time. Uh, so I will save Japan this way. Yeah. But there's only one person I know who can make a kamikaze plane, and it's it's Takibana. But I have to find him. So he sends letters everywhere, and apparently in the letter he said, "It's your fault. It's all your fault." That's great. So when he and Takibana shows up and starts beating the crap out of him. And he's like, and he's like, what do you mean? He goes, it's the only way I knew you would show up. That's uh, that was awesome. I was like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, because that that was the one character that isn't immediately like part of Team Koichi, right? Talking about it because he knows the truth. His true character, as far right. as he knows, and you know, he, he saw the, the failure of, of duty. By the way, that plane, real plane, that weird looking, that weird looking experimental plane. Yeah. It's a real plane. It's so sexy looking though. Yeah, and. Yeah, well, here's the here's the funny thing, and <laughs> shame on me for knowing a little German. There you go. Is that that ejector seat was a German ejector seat because the Japanese didn't make ejector seats, <laughs> and I saw that it had German written on it, and I could sort of read what it said, and I was <laughs> like, oh, I think that's an ejector seat. 
And I was like, I was like, oh man, and because it's supposed to be a surprise yep. that he ejects. Yeah. Well, they also cut off his action of him explaining something right, to exactly. him. And so he goes, like, one more thing. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what is it, what could he be explaining yeah. to him? But no, it was good that they didn't, they let it be a reveal. Yeah. But no, that Shinden plane is awesome looking and mm-hmm. very cool. Um, and, and that's what works. <laughs> Again, my, my nitpicks are very pedantic in that like Godzilla being distracted by one plane as much as he is, and then he goes real slow after that boat. It's great. It makes for a great scene, but he, he's playing with him, given, but he's taking his time a little bit. I don't know. There's a lot of leeway that goes with the actual, like, the combat against Godzilla, but it all, yeah. it all, it all works out in the end. Yeah, and yeah. It makes for that. It's dead silent for when he goes yeah. and flies in. And the music, like, it's old school music. It's been loud this entire yeah. movie. They use the old Godzilla theme. Bum, bum, bum. Even, it even sounds like... The Godzilla scream. The yeah. The Godzilla scream, yeah. Oh, so, like, we've been getting that this whole movie, and people screaming and things yeah. crashing, and then, like, the moment of glory is just, like... Yeah. <laughs> I call it, like, a gladiator movie moment, you know, where it's just, like, ooh, like pure calm, and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is majestic. And then, you know, the big boom's coming. Yeah, it was real great. Yeah, that was really good. And one of my, I think my favorite scene of this whole thing was after it was all over. Yes. And I know I keep talking about it, but I thought she was great. Samiko comes up to him like with a telegram and like just starts smacking him. Yeah. Like, you, she knows she's delivering the best news he'll ever get. So she's going to beat him as much as she's allowed to. (laughs) Because she also hates him as much as she hates anybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, that yeah, it's the it's it's the anime trope. It's it's the crazy aunt or the the cranky grandma. Yeah. You know, in the neighborhood with the the new newlywed couple it's and like, baby. You went off to go kill yourself. Oh, so touching. And, and leave me with this kid. Yep. I know you gave me an envelope full of money, but guess what? Your future wife is alive. <laughs> you dumb. Bleep. <laughs> you know, it's like. There, she just in that yeah. that was so well acted. Just in that moment, she was just like, absolutely, yeah. No, it's very touching, and we're getting so many of these emotional beats for a monster movie. Mm-hmm. It's great. And then we get that creepy, that creepy sequel scene. Yeah, if it can regenerate, it can never truly die. Yeah, but we also did you notice the the stuff crawling up the back of her neck Noriko's neck yeah, yeah. I, okay so I thought that was Harry but that was actually something yeah that was something what is that something do we know I think um like has that been a thing before well they had remember there was pieces of Godzilla there remember they were had the Geiger counter oh that's right right well she got blown up in in the blast so I wonder if she's got a piece of Godzilla in her oh shrapnel and, right and I think this is just me. Let's let's put this let's pin this here. Love it. And we'll see if this happens. I think that this is kind of a reboot of Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. And I think that they are trying to kind of like revisit a lot of the things. Okay. I think there is fan service here. We're yeah, yeah. just Americans in general just aren't huge fans, so mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like fan service. Um but there is a lot of Godzilla movies where there's the kid who can commune with Godzilla. That's true. So, so that's the link. So it makes me wonder if if Koichi and Nariko go on to have another kid, maybe this will be like the kid who can talk to Godzilla. Because I know there's tons of <laughs> of these Japanese monster movies. Mm-hmm. 
where, and I think Gamera is even more notorious for this one, where there's like a kid who's like buddies with the monster. Oh, Gamera is all about that. Yeah. yeah. Gamera, he's always buddies with right. the local lo- the local children. <laughs> yeah, local, uh, Gamera is really neat. Uh, but um, there is a there is a, a narrative in Godzilla where that happens. That makes sense. Two? So I think maybe. Or it could just be her, like not even pass it on. It's her, but like... They have trouble tracking Godzilla in the sequel, but something. she's like, I sense him. Maybe, yeah, yeah, something like that. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So Yeah, I did catch it, but I was like, that's uh, weird hair. I didn't take yeah. it as ominous, no. more spoiler, yeah. uh, foreshadowing. I think it's foreshadowing. I do like the bubbling face and head, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not dead. <laughs> Godzilla's never dead. But again, uh, they uh, that's... That's on brand. A couple of Godzilla movies has ended with his heart still beating. Like right. his heart's just out. So it's on brand. And, <laughs> and that. So it's going to be interesting to see which way they go with it. I hope we get more. I hope this. I mean, it only cost him $50 million to make it. And I think it's already at almost like $85 million box office just oh, in yeah. the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the type of movie that, with word of mouth and all the buzz that it's getting, will crush streaming records as soon mm-hmm. as somebody gets it on their platform so i hope that they do more i hope it stays in japan i hope hollywood keeps their grubby fingers off of it because (laughs) they're good at ruining stuff but i like that this stuff is starting to come through now yeah yeah because i think it's only good for our future media and then hollywood will make their own godzilla with blackjack and matthew broderick (laughs) no i i'm I'm with you i hope we do get more of them Mm because this was a good time but we gotta make it official. We gotta we, we gotta give it our, our our pizza stamp. Is the pizza here? Oh, it's delivered by Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> He's stepping through my apartment. Dun, dun, dun. He's charging up. <laughs> <laughs> I must fulfill my duty. <laughs> and I jump in. I grab the pizza, jump into a mouth, his mouth, and we all explode. All right, uh, we have very arbitrary rating here, but our fans love it, and we do too. Hey, yeah. It's the pizza rating out of eight slices of pizza, uh, eight being the best, one being the worst. Uh, we rate movies and TV shows and books and comics and all kinds of things. So uh, we can add and subtract toppings to goose it up. It's very arbitrary, but we love it. Yeah. Mikey, you're Godzilla minus one pizza. <laughs> oh, no. Do I have to give it a minus one uh, variable? <laughs> do we have a modifier on this? What's, what's, what's the AC? No, I'm just kidding. Um, this will be, it'll start off as an eight slicer, but then one of the, one of the slices will get all sloppy. Minus one. Yes. Minus one slice. <laughs> yeah. And I will say minus one slice because it, 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 it's hokey and it took me out of a little bit because of its hokiness, but like Godzilla, Godzilla being narratively slow in some points and the plan fun, it looks great, but it, it, it bugged me. I was like, yeah. ah, grumpy. It, it shouldn't work. But it does work. So it, it does get a sloppy minus one slice for that. Pizza minus one. Yeah. But this is this is a, a bacon this is a chicken bacon uh, white sauce pizza. This, oh. This is this is all the things I love. This is a monster oh, movie. This wow. is this is a lot of fun to eat and watch. This yeah. is um but it's also we get it's it's what you said right up at the start. This is a story first and a monster movie second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the monster movies that I love, one of the ones that Always comes to mind as a Korean Korean movie called The Host. Mm-hmm. If you like Godzilla minus one, The Host is your double feature mm-hmm. because it's it, it's Jaws. It's 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 monster movie with the human heart mm-hmm. attached to it, and they did a really good job executing it for this one. Yeah. 
just a little hokey in parts. So. Okay. Seven slices chicken, bacon, white? White sauce, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Carbonara pizza. Good pizza. Yeah, but one slice falls on the floor. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no! I yell at it, okay, but I take a real deep breath. <laughs> no! Oh, man. What about you? Um, What's your pizza rating? Man, I had a good time with this. Uh, before my pizza rating, here's a little bit of trivia for you. Love the it. minus one is like a double meaning. Minus one because... It's like a prequel. Yeah. Minus one. And also minus one is because Japan was seen at zero there because everything had been destroyed. And Post-war. Godzilla comes and makes it even worse again. Minus yeah. one. No. Sets you back. It's a setback. That's it. Minus one. Kind of kind of smart. Anyway. Um, Bittersweet. I really enjoyed this. It was super fun. This is getting a full eight slices for me. Nice. There was some weirdness in here, but I attribute that to budget in Japan. Uh, so this is eight slices of some kind of Japanese pizza I like that it. I don't I, I don't really understand what they're putting on there. Yeah. It's one of those you know they do those things where they're like this is what they put their pizzas on in this country. Sure, like teriyaki and corn yeah. or something. It's some kind of Japanese pizza <laughs> with <laughs> toppings I don't really fully get, but it tastes real good, and I'll eat it. And I'm gonna finish this whole eight slice Japanese topped pizza because I think it's great. I love it. It's tons of fun. I didn't have any real problems with it even i can even forgive the the u.s not being more involved which they should have been but i don't (laughs) care they didn't need to be there i didn't need it that that's me looking at this pizza going like hmm wouldn't this be better just as a pepperoni pizza no it's good with these crazy japanese toppings that i don't understand they forgot my barlic gutter no just kidding it's still fine yeah i get it still fine so to to put you to task though uh one piece the military hats bothered you. Yeah. In this movie, the military hats are ridiculous looking. But that's what they look like. So, okay. Yeah. They were right. Does this make you feel better about One Piece hats? No. <laughs> no. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, because this has a historic basis. All those hats were right. Yeah, those goofy white hats with the strap that you hold. No, those were real like navy hats they had then. So I just had a. It's like that. You know, they have those the the Donald Duck uniform that they used to. The British used to have. Maybe they even still wear that. I don't even know. Only for ceremonies, I would imagine. Goofy looking. I did have a funny moment in the theater. I was like, oh, funny hats. I wonder what Kevin thinks. No, no, no. I'm just glad I asked you. It's not so just funny hats. It's like they took a drawn hat and made it a real hat. Still valid. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was a lot of fun. That's pretty high rating, seven and eight. I think that fits in with all the other the, people love this movie. Go see it. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't already, sorry we spoiled everything for you. Um, but I think this is I can re I would easily rewatch this movie. Yeah, this movie is good not just because it's trendy. This movie is good because it's very very well made. Yeah, it's a very well made movie. And take note, Hollywood, you can make a you can make a movie for way less than you've been doing it. <laughs> and pass that pass that around pass that on maybe people would stop striking so much if That's it. you kind of use that budget for more altruistic purposes or maybe we need to start cast, casting more j-pop bands and stuff maybe well, i don't know yeah <laughs> let's go for it <laughs> well you guys know what we think we want to know what you think about godzilla minus one you can hit us up on all our social medias at Assuming Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and, or X, or whatever, and Threads, and that. But we're mostly hanging around on Instagram. <laughs> you can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Deca. I look forward to asking Mikey, how do you want them to format this Gmail Godzilla format? 
Uh, write me such a scathing opinion that it makes me so mad that I have to show up and punch <laughs> you in the face <laughs> for making me think that I was so wrong. Catch your Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yeah. Give me the hottest I of your hot I love tips. it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mr. Takibata. <laughs> but please don't make me show up and punch you. I won't. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> don't make me do it. <laughs> This is my duty. <laughs> this hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you guys like what we're doing here, because we like what we're doing here, but podcasting ain't free, you can buy us a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash assuming pod. Caffeine. We want to thank you, Positrons, for being the best. Thank you so much for listening to our little show over here. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. Not Scott Productions for our equipment and Jazzar for our music. Uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and no giant monsters come to stomp on your town. Yes. If you see fish floating, vacate. Yes. Godzilla! Dum, bum, bum. <laughs>